coming out. Um, wasn't really sure what to expect this morning. Um, when I left uh, for the Emmaus weekend, um, I had everything planned out, and we had the normal sermon, you know. As a matter of fact, um, here, here's the sermon. Um, the events of the last several days have made this almost... Uh, it's still good, by the way. I thought it was very good, right? Um, but um, actually, so when I was, you know, dealing with a bunch of things that were coming out, um, here's our... Here's your sermon, right? Here are your sermon notes. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit. I wanted to spend some time um, in light of the events that you are dealing with. Um, each of you have to be dealing with it, right? It's like right now in our society, it's like, you know, breathing. You just have to, you have to deal with the events that they're happening. But I wanted to have a, an opportunity to just um, uh, take a moment to to have some conversation with you, if, if we may. If I may, I may tell you a little bit of, of why we're here today. Um, for the last couple of days, um, I received numerous uh, emails, texts, um, all kinds of things uh, recommending what should happen, um, uh, criticizing because we are here today, um, angry uh, that we're here today. But I wanted to have some time to, to talk to you uh, about why we're here today, why I, I do some of the things I do. Um, many of you know, or that we've talked before, that the board will be having its meeting tomorrow night to dis determine uh, your future, uh, what it is that you're going to do. And so we will share that journey. Um, but I want to have some time to, to talk with us about um, where we are, why we do what we do, um, why we do church, why we do worship. Um, you're probably not that surprised. Worship, worship. This this moment is is central um, to my identity. That I mean, if if I said anything else, you'd probably think I'm a weirdo. Um, but it's, worship is is central because it, it is that centering moment. It, it is the thing for me um, that guides me. It, it, it keeps me oriented uh, on true north. What's what's really going on in my life? What's important? Um, without that, um, other things begin to glob on. It's, I, I mentioned this morning, it's kind of like walking through a, a, a field, a, a hay field or something, and you get all of these briars and, and jiggers that, that latch onto you. Um, and if you don't have an opportunity to, to kind of cleanse yourself, eventually they just, they just build up over time. What worship does is said, okay, you know, Focus on the bigger picture. Focus on the kingdom. What Jesus is trying to do is say, uh, you know, the, the kingdom is upon you, right? Despite all of the turmoil that's going on, um, the kingdom is here. Can, can you see it in the midst of the turmoil? I mean, uh, let's be honest. Um, the world changed in, in the last week. In the last week, um, Lynette had mentioned we were on our drive home from Newport. We were on a high. We're going, yay, team. We're doing well, right? And, and now we're kind of in this, in this really uh, weird place, um, trying to figure out what, what to make of it all. It's, it's almost like in many respects for me, um, it, it's like Jesus' disciples, right? You, you are his disciples. And Jesus said, hey, if you don't mind, how about you guys go get in that boat and I'm going to meet you on the other side. And he said, yeah, sure. I mean, we've done that a hundred times. We're fishermen. I mean, you know, what's the big deal? 
But then you kind of get in the middle and there's a storm and you don't know that you're going to make it. You don't know what to do. Uh, what, what do we do now? Uh, where, where's Jesus, right? He, he, didn't he, told, he told us to do this, right? I mean, so where is he now? And, and we cry out, and, and all of a sudden, you know, we see him doing the impossible. He's walking across the water, and, and Peter, right? I mean, Peter, the kind of the, the loud mouth of the bunch, and not, I probably shouldn't say that, he's an apostle, and I'm, what, what am I, you know, who am I? Anyway, Peter um, says, hey, Lord, right? I mean, if it's you, and I'm not really sure that it is, um, but if it's you, um, have me come out to you, and well, then get out of the boat. And, and so sometimes we need to get out of the boat, too. But I noticed that one of the things when I looked at that passage that Jesus did, and, he, and I, I, you know, this, what you're going to find today is I don't have a script. I'm just, we're just going to talk a little bit. Um, but what Jesus did, and I think that he's doing it for all of us a little bit, is um, Jesus got, got in the boat and, and he said, peace, be still. And then he said to all of us, he said, where was your faith? Where, what happened to it? Uh, did you get distracted? What, 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 were, you, what were you doing? Um, many of you know, um, or maybe you don't know, I, I don't know, that um, the church is, is structured uh, architecturally. Sometimes it's structured in the terms of a ship. Maybe you'll see this. The church is, is seen as a vessel, as, as a ship, um, because we are the vessel. The, the, the structure is the vessel that carries the body of Christ, much like we are. And so when we gather for worship, it's a time for us to, 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 despite all of the storm that is raging around, in spite of the hurricane that is whirling in the world around us, peace, be, be still, right? And know that I am God, right? Relax. And so we've gathered here this morning because for me, worship is that core identity. It's, it's the thing that keeps me grounded. It's the thing that keeps me going off of the rails. It's the thing that keeps me from focusing on me because I have a, a, a propensity uh, to do that. I'll, you know, for those of you that know me or that know Lynette, you will, you, you know, she'll be happy to tell you that as well. But worship keeps me grounded. And that's why you will find that sometimes in the winter, um, if it snows and let's say they're predicting, hey, there's going to be like six inches, eight inches, stuff like that. Um, I, my, my fallback is we don't cancel worship. I don't, that's not my nature. I, um, I, I don't, I know that people are, have different opinions about this and I'm not uh, poo-pooing any of that. Um, we are in a place that I never imagined that we would ever be as, uh, as a community. But if it's snowing like that, I can walk here from my house, right? I will have church. I, the, the, the trustees have, have agreed to give me a key. Um, I will open up the building, and I will be here. Now, if you live far away, or there's a reason that you can't be here, you're a disciple. You have to make that decision. You have to make that choice, right? Worship is about two central things. The, the sermon, or this portion of it, is about feeding sheep. Um, among us, we have sheep that are, that are hungry. They need the word. They need to know that God cares for them, that God hasn't abandoned them, that there is a future and a plan for their life. They need to be fed. Right? The rest of you 
need to stand up and be shepherds. You need to, to feel that calling to stand up and shepherd the people, right? And so that's kind of where we are. Worship allows us to both be fed and to, to lead. Now, I wanted to share a couple of things with you. Um, and of course, now I don't know that I can find my paper. There it is. I did print some things out. So during this turmoil, um, you know, I struggled with trying to figure out where we are and, and, and where to go. Um, and, and I wanted to just let you know that for me, uh, worship is always central. And so I wanted to have this time uh, to talk with you. And, and one of the verses that has been rolling around in my head um, that I wanted to share with you as, as we talk through some of these things is a verse that came from 2 Chronicles chapter 7. God is speaking through the prophet um, to his people in, in 2 Chronicles. And God says the following. He said, now if my people... That would, by the way, that would be you, if you're wondering who he's talking to. He's talking to you. He said, now, if my people who are called by my name at Mount Pleasant, he doesn't really say that. I threw that in there. If they will humble themselves, and if they will, what was the word? Pray. When this all came upon us, when the anxiety began to build, right? What was your go-to response for most people? People came to me and they were, they were angry, they were belligerent, they were rude, and they said, you are irresponsible pastor for having these people come together. Shouldn't be here. It's a horrible thing to do. You know what's the one thing nobody asked me to do? Pray. I never got one Hey, can, can we get together to pray? How many people ask me? Zero. How many of you came and sent me an email saying, can I pray for our church? Zero. Can I pray for our community and our nation in its time of turmoil? Zero. What was our go-to? Close the doors. Close the doors. These are the things that roll around in my head and say, I, I, I want to have this conversation with you. Where, where are we as a people? What are the optics of our church? What, is, what, is, what are we telling our community? For example, um, and I don't know this to be true. It was told to me, and, and if you know this to be true, please nod so that I can get, get it correct. Somebody told me that either um, the president or, or the government or somebody had asked for a day of prayer today. I, I don't, is that true? Somebody's going, yeah, that is true. Okay, it is true. Okay, thank you. National Day of Prayer. On the same day that the churches are closing their doors. Huh? Here's the thing. I, I want to tell you a little bit, of, and, and if you haven't kind of gathered, we're kind of winding our way around. There's not a clear theme here. I, uh, anyway. In the early church, the, the first church, um, there was a, a guy wrote by the name of, of Rod Stark, um, Stark or Starkey, um, not, 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 not a relation, want this guy. He wrote a book about the early church, and, and the question was, is, um, as Christianity began to develop, 
as little pockets as, as Paul went out and, and he, he, he planted churches. The question was, is why did they flourish? And, and I don't mean just flourished. I don't mean just did well. I mean, by the third century, they were the dominant religion. As When Constantine took over, it became the dominant religion of, of the empire. And the question is, is how did it, in, in really, uh, in two centuries, which may seem like a lot to us, but not in ancient times, how did it go from a, a sect, a, a small, tiny sect, to the dominant religion? And, and he did some research, and he found that in, in the first and second century in Rome, there were plagues that would go through. Um, there was yellow fever. There was actually typhoid that would go through uh, the inner cities of Rome. They had very poor uh, drainage sewage. Many of you, I don't know if you know this or not, but Rome is actually built on a, on a swamp. So it's very humid, very, very muggy. And so what would happen is all of the wealthy people during the summer would go to their summer homes, right? People have summer homes that they go to. They want to get out of the city, out of all of the disease. And what would happen is they would take all of the sick people, you know, and they would just like set them on the side of the street. I mean, you know, if they were in your house, you don't want to infect everybody else. So you just throw them on the side of the street and then they die and, 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 and you move on. What he found was, is all of the Christians that were so focused on the kingdom of God, right? Jesus had come and said, look, the kingdom of God is upon you, right? And they focused so much on the coming kingdom that it was the Christians that went into the cities and they picked up all of these sick people. Because what they began to realize is if you take somebody that's got typhoid, it isn't a death sentence. But if they give them a little bit of care, a little bit of food, a little bit of water, give them shelter and a little, they often recover. There's a huge recovery rate. And so what people began to realize is wherever there is a disaster, wherever there's chaos, it was the Christians that showed up first because they had this inner hope that this life was not all that they had, that there was something more that was happening in their lives. They rushed in where everybody else was rushing out. We as Christians are called to something more. If you remember, Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, meant more than just theological or theoretical. He said, look, seek first the kingdom, right? Focus on the kingdom. If, if you focus on something else, you're going to get off task. If you focus on the disease, you, you will lose sight of who you are. Focus on the kingdom and everything else will take care of itself. Focus on who you are and what you're called to do. Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come upon you. Focus on the kingdom and you will remember who you are even in the troubled times, right? What the disciples were doing when they were in the boat is they were focusing on the waves, the wind, and the water. Right? You cannot compete with the waves, the wind, and the water. You, you don't win that battle. And then somebody said, I think that I see Jesus in the distance. And so the challenge for us is to ask the question, what are we focusing on? Now, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and they will pray and they will seek my face and they will turn from their ways, guess what? I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Our first response to any crisis, go to God in prayer. Say, God, we need your help, right? The winds are bigger. They're bigger than I am. 
They're calling out. They're saying, you guys are doomed. Give it up. Hunker down. Enter into a siege mentality. Call out to me, and I'll, I'll hear you. But if you don't call out to me, good luck. So here's what we're doing, right? And, and we got a good response. You will find out here on the little welcome desk out here in the hallway. Um, it, just, it just simply says, what's it say? It says, I want to volunteer. And what I'm asking you to do is just pray, right? I'm not asking you to, to show up and, and, you know, sweep the floors or anything like that. Just pray. Will you join with us? In, in a prayer vigil, in this crisis? Will you pray for those that are filled with anxiety, that, that haven't yet found that thing to focus on, that, that are looking more at the headlines than at the king who's over all things? The first thing that we need to do is, is understand who we are. Now, the other thing that's been coming to my mind is how much things change in the course of a week. Things have, we're in a place, and I'm not, look, I, I understand because of my position, I can be tone deaf. And what it means is that I can, and I don't mean just musically, I, that's not what I meant, although, although that's certainly the case. What I mean is, is that I can become so myopic in, in the life of the church, of keeping Jesus front and center in your lives, that all of the other noises, I'm like, I, I don't, I, you know. I don't get that. I don't understand that. And I, I, I get that. That can happen from time to time. So I understand how wildly things have changed in the last week. And it begs the question, what will happen in the next week? And I'm here to tell you, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And that's okay. I don't have to know. Right? Jesus is inviting us. Folks, don't, please, don't live by what you see, but by your faith. We walk not by sight, but by faith, right? That's, that's our, our message. And so Jesus got together with his disciples. If you remember, and, and this is kind of living out, um, we're kind of living out the, the last um, week of Jesus's life in many respects. If you remember a week ago, right, we were coming back from Newport, yay team, and, and the, the cheering crowds, and by a week later, the disciples were in an upper room going, what happened to our world, right? Everybody is against us. We're afraid to show our face out in public. We're afraid to shake hands anymore. I don't know what, we ought to go get more toilet paper. <laughs> and do you know why? Because man, that's my priority. Jesus explained that, you know, you, I don't know if, if as Christians, as members of Mount Pleasant, you said, man, I, the reason that I'm here this morning is they have the comfiest pews, right? Thank you for the trustees. We have air conditioning, and it's warm in the winter, and it's cool. That's the only reason I'm here. Jesus took his disciples, and he said, you think it's bad now. He said, each and every one of you is going to be hauled before the authorities to give an account. Many of you aren't going to make it. What are you going to do then? One of the other stories that, that, well, my mind is racing, I'm sorry. So in John chapter 16, Jesus said this to you. He said, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In me. 
not in your bank account, not in right as much toilet paper as you can stock up. In me, you will have peace. He said, now listen. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Right? The other story that I want to tell you that has been heavy on my heart is um, one that you've probably learned in Sunday school, you've heard before. The, the wonderful story. Um, oftentimes, women in the Bible, for, you know, in, in church history have been kind of, you got, uh, women have been kind of like neglected or put off to the side. I hate to say it, but you're always portrayed as prostitutes or something like that. That's, that's unfortunate. But, but the story that elevates the female mind, if you will, is the story of Esther. A book dedicated to the power of women to save a nation, right? Now, you know the story. The Jews were condemned. The powers to be had condemned them. The order was given. Esther was the queen. Mordecai, her uncle, goes to Esther and, and says, Esther, you got to do something, right? You, you, you got to stand up. You got to take a stand, right? And Esther's going, ain't not me. I ain't going to do it. I'm not putting myself at risk for these people, right? If I go into the king, right, I could lose my life, right? What's in it for me? Have you ever, have you ever thought that? I'm just saying, I'd be surprised if you didn't. Mordecai says this, and these are those, those words. Um, Esther, you know, if you remain silent at, a, at this time, relief and deliverance will arise from another place, but you and your family will perish. And, and, and Esther, who knows? But for such a time as this, you have come to your, your place. I, I, you know, I'd be shocked if you can say, oh, we've been here before. I've never been here before. We're in uncharted territory. I, I don't know, right, what to do. And if you come to me and say, tell me exactly what to do, good luck, right? How do you know that this is not our time? For such a time as this, people are looking for us or to us for guidance. What, what does it mean? When, when everything else, when the social systems are collapsing around us, who are we going to be? And Esther, right, and this is, this is the power of that Esther. Esther says, I will go, and if I die, I die because she has a higher calling on her life. We as a church are called to, to proclaim the good news of who Jesus is. Um, somebody shared a, a verse with me um, from 2 Timothy chapter 1, um, verse 7. Um, G, uh, Paul is talking to his protege, and he said, look, I know what you're going to face. You're going into, an, uh, into a pagan society to proclaim good news, and Paul says, I want you to remember this, God has not given you a spirit of fear. fear. Fear does a number of things to us. First of all, it magnifies your problem. First of all, what fear will do is it feeds on two words primarily, right? It feeds on these two words, and we've all played this game. There's nobody here that hasn't played it. What if? Y yeah, but what if? that happens. What it, so it magnifies. In the dark of night, 
your, your fears grow larger. It, it often debilitates us and say, you know what we should do? We should hunker down, we should protect ourselves, and we should go our separate ways. It assumes the worst, it, it often paralyzes us, it exaggerates and it distorts the, the problems that we're facing. You know, I've, I've been in, in um, devotions um, in, in this church. I've been in devotional where people are getting up and they're de- giving a devotional and they say, you know, um, in the Bible, it records 365 times. For every day, there is a verse about not fearing. Do not fear. Every time God shows up, every time Jesus invites, every time he's talking to his disciples or every time he's engaging the society, he said, do not fear. So maybe we shouldn't fear. And so when the crisis comes, what happens? We fear. We, we hunker down. We, we isolate. So our, our, our community right now is trying to figure out where do we go from here? What, what is true? Where is God in all of this? They are looking, I think, to us to try and figure out who are we. Now, when I started this, I have no great answer. I have no answer to say, here, here's, here's the solution. This is all we got to do. It's not that easy. It's not that clear cut. What I am saying is keep your eye on the kingdom. Jesus came back to say the kingdom, seek first the kingdom. If if that's your priority, everything else will take care of itself. If that's not your priority, if that's not your goal or your destination, if you don't really know, then everything else will consume you. That's what he came to tell us. And now we are in a moment of utter chaos. We are disoriented, we're wandering from one, one headline to another, trying to figure out where do we go. And one of the things that I wanted more than anything is to be a part of a church community that just said, you know what, it'll be okay. We'll weather this, right? That God loves us and, and will see us through. And, and maybe next Sunday, this was actually my idea, but I, I, didn't, I didn't have the guts to pull it off today. Um, because believe it or not, um, I have never been more nervous about being up here than the only time I was perhaps more nervous uh, about being up here in front of you of addressing this issue was on the first day um, th- that I was appointed here. And the reason is, is because there is such, such stress, um, such civility is, is fading away, and, and I wonder if we can find a way to find that strength again and, and to be in a place where what I wanted to do at one time is just say, you know what we're going to do? Um, I don't know, maybe next Sunday because I don't think I have the guts to give this sermon uh, again, but we're just going to stay and we're going to pray and we're going to pray for a half an hour. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray for the chaos. We're going to pray for people that are frightened and alone People that are at home right now going, I can't trust to get outside and touch anybody. I'm afraid for my, my future. I'm afraid for what will be. I'm afraid of my neighbors, right? I'm just afraid. Jesus said, you know, where, where was your faith? Trust in me. It'll be okay, right? Wherever you are, Jesus knows. Whatever you're going through, he's walking with you. 
But understand, right? In this world, I'm, I'm sorry, in this world you will have trouble. But it just a minute, let me finish this part and then I'll get back to you. In this world, you will have trouble. Um, and has, has anybody here had trouble ever? Right? But take heart. This is the hard part. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. Right? We as a church, that's, that's our message. We have that. That is uniquely gifted to you. And what everybody else in our community is looking for is, that, are those just words or will you live it out? I do think um, the, the complexity of uh, the infectious disease, how that, how that flows is, is, is complicated. And, and I know people are, are talking about the whole thing with the, the peak and, and blending that out. And so I don't want, for people that are anxious, you know, I don't want to poo-poo that. Um, I don't want to say that there's, you know, I, that I know everything and there's nothing. No, that's not the case. I don't want to say that at all. And I, um, I hope you won't text me and say that I, I screwed that up. Um, because I, I think that there's, you know, there, there's precautions and all of that. Um, I guess part of what I want, want you to be, to be aware um, that is very difficult um, is that Christianity is, is not a weekend experience. It's not a something that you can do part-time. It's about how you choose to live your life. And now that the crisis has come upon you, um, you didn't ask for it. It wasn't given to you, but now it will reveal more of who you are. Um, in the middle of the boat, when the waves are sweeping over, what will, what will we do as a church family? Um, the board will be meeting tomorrow to determine uh, what will happen. Um, I do want to, to, to leave you, um, I'm actually shocked because as I was playing this out in my mind, I'm like going, we're going to be out of this church in like 15 minutes because I don't have a whole lot to talk about. Um, but I want you to remember this, this verse and, and keep that in, in the back of your mind. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Remember, I will never leave you or abandon you or forsake you. So now this next step is up to you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, hear our prayer. Father, you have created these disciples over the years. Each one has listened to countless sermons. Um, they followed your voice. They felt your presence. And Father, now you are inviting them to, to lead. Um, I pray for the future. I, I don't know what happens. I just know that, um, that all of this is in your hands. And for the parts that I don't know, um, I, I pray that I can trust you with that and, and not lose my mind and not go crazy, um, but that I can trust my, my brothers and sisters to, to help me and to, to guide me and to, to treat me with some compassion and some empathy. Um, and Father, I just pray that we as a church will continue um, to just be that beacon of hope um, in a world that, that needs it so badly. Um, so help us now, um, help us focus on who we are, but more importantly, help us focus on who we can become. So I ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen.